Have you ever waited? I'm not talking about trains today. Have you ever waited on God? Didn't feel like he was even hearing what you said? God, can you not see me in this circumstance? See, throughout the week, throughout the month of August, we've been talking about things that get in our way of letting God transform us. Just change us into something that he created us to be. It's different. This is not a cookie cutter. Thanks, God. That was cool. <laughs> Exhibit A, yes, God does have a sense of humor. Absolutely. Hey, today you're sitting yourself, you've seated yourself into a, an opportunity. Am I still echoing? Okay, good. You've seated yourself in a building. I didn't say church. You see yourself in a building with four walls, and there's chairs. If you want to know who the church is, look around. You are the church. We, this church building is not the church. The church is not a place. The church is a movement. And you sat yourself today in a church, some of you for the first time, in, inside a church called Connection, and I want to say, hey, my name's Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at Connection, and I want to tell you that we are very extremely happy that you're here and joining with us today. We understand at Connection that you may or may not believe everything that we believe, and here's the deal. It's okay. Sit down with us. Experience worship with us. Learn what God wants to do in your life. We are going to do something really different. And if you're not familiar with Connection or you're not a member of Connection, listen, I don't want to be rude, but this is not for you, Okay. If you are new to Connection or, this is, or Connection is not your home, this is not for you. We are going to pass some popcorn bags around in a minute if you guys want to go ahead and come. The, the fourth Sunday of the month is the Touch Someone's Life gift at Connection. And what we do is we, we go around and we, we get nickels and dimes and, and pennies. and We just want you to watch. As the, as the bags go around, this is what's going to happen. They're going to count this money at the very end. They're going to come into the service at the very end, and they're going to hand me the sacks, and however much money is in it, then we'll divide it. I may keep one for the afternoon service, if there's enough. <clears throat> but as that bag goes, goes around, I want to talk to you. So, so if, if the bag's already been by you, just, hey, look at me. If it goes by you, you know, don't, don't do this. Don't, don't try to do that, okay? So you can look at it and pass it. But as they pass the bag, I want to talk to you about something. Throughout the month of August, we have talked about the things that get in our way from being transformed. And I know you guys are absolutely 1,000% sick of hearing transformed. Transformed. What is transformed? Matt keeps talking about transformed. You know, I would show you a book about the transformed series that we're going to go in, but do you know what? We sold them all. I have more coming. They're just not here yet. So if you haven't got your copy, you have next week to get it. Then we'll st- we don't start till the second full week in September. So you have time. We'll have plenty. But Transform is a series that we're going to go through in September. It looks at seven areas of our life. I'm going to preach the seven sermons through it. There'll be places for sermon notes. There's a 50-day devotional guide. And Connection has bought a part of this book to make it very affordable. They're five bucks a piece. If even five bucks is not affordable, you come to me, I will hook you up. I will get you a book if you need one, okay? 
So why, why are we doing this in September? Why, why are we getting, why are we doing transform sermons about a transform series before the transform series starts? Because I want you to realize and I want you to understand and know that there are areas of your life where Satan wants to talk to you, he wants to lie to you, and he wants to get you away from those choices that you could make for God to transform your life. If you remember with me earlier in this month, we talked about this. We played the video of the minions and happy. Because I'm happy. And everybody's like, oh, I hate that song. Yet about halfway through, everybody was clapping. And I told you who and what you listen to can change your thinking. And too often we listen to the negative things in our life. So often, so often, I can only imagine God's grief. He looks down at his kids and he's going, man, don't listen to them. We're going to hear about that today. Then we moved on. So we listened to the wrong things. Or last Sunday, and I know, I got a whole bunch of, when ooh. When people, when people get this worship handout, some of the first, I've just been watching people. Okay, I don't have a video camera on you. I don't watch you the whole time. But people come in and they, oh, they thank you. And they greeted by the first impressions people. And they get up and they go, oh, no, no, no. Because the first page is a sermon title. <laughs> and they're like, oh, great. Matt's going to talk about that. <sighs> Last week we talked about this. I just don't have time. And, I, and it was really bad because I told you that I was one of the world's worst procrastinators. Used to be. Thank God I'm getting better one day at a time. For my CR people, one day at a time. So, I just don't have time, and I broke a week down for you. And realized if you work 60 hours and you slept 52 hours or 56 hours and whatever, at the very end, you had, you had over 45 hours of free time if you, if you decided what you could decide to do with. But too often it's so easy to say, I don't want to listen, or it's really easy when we say, I just don't have time. And I talked to you about a really sharp point that had to be sharp in my life. God told me this. He said, Matt, you have time to do whatever you want to do. If it's something that I want you to do, maybe you need to let one of those, even the good things, go. And it's hard for us. That can get in our way. Today, today it doesn't get much easier as far as topic-wise. If you have your purple... Worship handout in the first, in the first uh, opening is going to be some notes, and we're going we're gonna to get there in just a second. But look at the title. It says, but I don't want to wait. I don't think you would get a very good response if you posted on Facebook or Twitter and you ask your friends on Facebook, how many of you just absolutely love to wait? I'm talking this many. You're going to have this, everybody has the sarcastic friends. Oh, I, I, do, I do. No, they don't. Okay, we live in a world where I talked to you a couple months ago. We live in a world that's so instant that we have drive up funeral homes for visitations. This is not, this is not a joke. This is real. You can drive through a visitation. Sign the guest book, drive through. Don't even have to get out of your car. Everything's instant. I could get on my iPhone that's in there that I keep on silent, but I could get on my iPhone and I could talk to one of my friends that's in another country and we could FaceTime in almost real time across the world. Everything that we have is instant. So when God moves, I want you to, I want you to understand a couple of things. God understands our complete concept of time. You know why? Because he made it. 
Now, sometimes God's time of operation does not coincide with you and my watch. We think, God, you're, for instance, you're waiting on this thing to happen in your life. Uh, God, you're late. Ever said that? Or maybe, maybe God is, you know, you're expecting it over there and God comes and meets you and says, no, 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 knock, knock, no, 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 God, you're early. We can't do this now. This is early. We have to wait. When we have to wait, things happen in our life. I'm just going to toss out a couple words. Don't, no, nobody needs to talk out loud. Maybe or maybe not, if you have to wait, or you are related to someone that has to wait, they may get edgy. They may not be fun to be around. Do you know that this is not anything new? We're going to look at the book of Jeremiah, and I know some of you are going to go, Jeremiah 29, my favorite verse, watch this. If you understand and you memorize Jeremiah 29, 11, I want you to understand the preface of that verse today, because it is huge. It can get in your way from letting God transform you. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and, and turn to Jeremiah 29. But why do I, why do I, but I don't want to wait. This is, this is something that every single one of us will come in contact with. You will experience a time of waiting. Everybody experience a time of waiting? I'm not talking about a train, waiting on God, okay? If you have been a follower for any amount of time, any at all, you understand that if you ask for something and you're praying about something, do you know God doesn't, you know and understand that God is not a genie. He is not poof. Sometimes, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. God is that big. He can do that. I've seen multiple times where I went on a mission trip and we went down to Branson and there's a whole bunch of hills and we were up on the hill and we, were get, we, did, we did these human videos and just a, a drama to music and we were doing this at a campground it's very hilly. We're up on top of the hill, and we saw this storm that I'm telling you was going to rip us apart. And I've been at church camps with a lot of kids, and there's not a lot of shelter. And somebody comes in, and they look on the radar on their phone, and they say, Matt, this is bad. There's a tornado not too far from us. And I have seen in both instances people pray. Now, people will call this coincidence because it's on radar, Okay. But I've physically seen things disappear. I've seen storms go around places. And some of you will say, oh, that's coincidence. Okay. Maybe. But not how, that's not how we prayed. God answered that prayer. But when we pray about something like this, it is very hard for us to wait. You think about that. You know, you're not waiting 10, 15, even if, if, you, even if you've ever waited a half hour at a train. We're not talking even a half hour. Most of the time when we talk with God about waiting on things, it could be days, weeks, months. I went on, uh, went on my college campus this past weekend, visited my in-laws. They, had, they celebrated 40 years of marriage. What an awesome time to celebrate with them. And I walked across campus and I got to Woodward Hall. That's where I stayed my freshman year. You know who my roommate was that year? John McCarroll. I can tell you that God doesn't answer things right away. Because when he left college, on May 13th, 2001, I put his name in my Bible. And I have been praying that God would show himself to him for over 14 years. God is not a time. He, he doesn't, I said, God, if I can get saved for him, I would. If I could have a relationship with you, 
for him, I would. I've already, I would have already done that. But sometimes we check our watch and say, God, are you even hearing me? I don't want to wait anymore. I'm tired of waiting these weeks, months, years. But I doubt very seriously if any of us have had to wait this long as we're going to see in the Bible. We love, we love Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good, plans to prosper you. I have plans. We love that verse. But the first 10 are pretty sharp. We will all experience a time of waiting. I'm reminded of the, I was reminded of two stories. My friend calls me. He said, Matt, I need you to pray for me. I said, okay. This is not anything out of the ordinary. I said, I said okay, what's going on, man? He said, I just found out from the school board that my job is going to be completely done at the end of the year. I need you to pray for me. He was experiencing, this, like, this is like November. And if you teach, you understand that November is not even Christmas yet. You just got past Halloween, and there's five more months to teach after Christmas. And five more months to just wait. Five more months to wait and see if that's what they do. And if they do it, can I find another job? And he was experiencing that time of waiting. I told you that earlier God has a sense of humor. God has a sense of unbelievable timing, and I want to watch, watch this. Last night, I got a phone call on my way home. I was using an earbud, hands-free. I was driving, okay? It was my buddy Tommy, and Tommy said, hey, man, how you doing? I said, oh, pretty good. He said, I want to ask you to pray for me. Tommy's never called me to ask me to pray for me. I don't know that Tommy's a follower of Jesus Christ, but somehow in our friendship, he's seen that he can trust me and that I'll pray for him. He calls me, and he said, Matt, he said, we, I, me and my family are in a pretty bad spot. And I said, what's going on? He lives up north by Chicago, and he said, two weeks ago, we all got in the suburban. He said, I was going about 35 miles an hour. There's a great big hill, and a combine was coming up over the hill on the other side. Combine was in the middle of the road, 32 or 36 row bean head on it. It was wider than the road. They came up over the hill, 35 miles an hour. He had his whole family, six kids and his wife, in the vehicle. He came up on top, saw, saw the combine, swerved, picked the ditch overhead on with the combine, hit a 26-inch culvert. Shove the AR or the one of the one of the supports in the front right hand side through the rim of the tire. I mean, it, it cracked the it cracked the frame of the car. It, it just awful. All of his kids were absolutely fine, but his wife broke the third vertebrae and she cracked it. And he said, "I'm having a really hard time forgiving that person on the combine." And I said, "I said, well, did they do something wrong?" He said. Well, they were taken up the middle of the road, but it just showed me how difficult people are sometimes. He said, he said the guy stopped. I mean, he just hit a culvert. The guy stopped, got down, asked him what the heck he was doing. Basically called him an idiot for doing what he did, and he left. And it was his cousin's son. He said, I have a hard time wanting to, because I want to forgive him. But I'm having a hard time. See, he's waiting. He doesn't know what the doctor's going to say about his wife's back. He doesn't know if there's going to be disability. He doesn't know if, listen, you involve a family and you involve a lawyer and he's seeking what to do with what God wants. And there's a time of waiting. This isn't fun. Look in your worship handout at the first blank. Look at this on the screen. If you have your purple handout, you can fill this in. It says, you will be faced with a time of waiting. This isn't something that's just going to 
maybe happen, may not happen. It says you will. This is not a might. This is not a maybe possibly. You will be faced with a time of waiting in this life. We looked at the first video, and a lot of you um, understand what that video is. It's a clip off the movie Fireproof. And he does a 40-day challenge, I believe it's a 40-day challenge, where he, he waits. He serves while he waits. And that's what that song is about. He worships while he waits. And believe it or not, that's not a new concept. Hollywood did not make that on Fireproof. It actually comes from the book of Jeremiah. Because God spoke to Jeremiah and he talked with the people. But you will be faced with a time of waiting. See, the wrong question is this. The wrong question is this, and we want to ask this question a whole lot. We're going through that time of waiting. When will this be over? You hear me? When will this be over? God, I'm about there. I'm about done. When will this be over? I can tell you, I can tell you stories and stories. My wife and I had a miscarriage, and there was a time of waiting. It was a time of waiting. I said, God, is it over yet? I've already experienced more heartache than I can possibly understand. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm decently strong as a guy, but I can't help my wife. I can't help her. Is this, this time of waiting, God, I'm about done. I can't handle this anymore. See, that's the wrong question. That's the wrong question. Is this almost over? When will it be? Why, God? How? The question to ask is this. What do we do while we wait? Now, in the video, he, very simply, it's one word. We worship while we wait. Well, that's easy to say. But, man, I can't sing at my job. I can't, I can't sing all the time. Worship is not just singing. Worship is not just hearing preaching. Worship is not just teaching or being taught. Worship is a collective a collective group of all that as we give every praise that we have to God. I talked with a, I talked with a young man this week, and, I, and, I, and I, had, I had him remember to a time that I talked to him, and I said, do you remember when I said you could worship cleaning toilets? And he goes, yeah. He just smiled. And I said, what, did you, what do you get from that? He said, 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I found out, Matt, and he was telling me this. I found out that when I did that, and my life was a constant, constant worship and tried to honor God while I waited, that it was a lot better. I didn't get that mad. I didn't get that angry. I, got, I just sought God. During this time, this is really hard because your faith is going to go under two different things, and we don't like either one of them. Your faith is going to be tested, and your faith is going to be stretched. You like being stretched? The answer is no. <laughs> not all of us, not all the time. But there, there are times where we say, God, I want you to move me. I want you to transform me. And he says, okay, I want you to go over there. You go, no, God, no, no, no. <laughs> that would be, I would have to stretch to get there. Right? I don't know that I can do that. I'm reminded of, of the people that I've seen come up on stage in the last seven or eight years. The first person to ever say that they would sing on stage, well, this is a big deal. It was me and a guitar and I worship to begin this whole thing at the primary center. And I had one person, one person come up to me and, and they said this. 
they took a great big deep breath and they go, oh. like they were going to say something and they didn't know how, they knew that I was going to react in a positive manner, but they didn't know how they were going to react once they said it out loud. And they said, I don't know how much talent I have, but if you need me, I'll sing in the band. And they step back like, maybe he'll say no. And I said, yes. And that was a person that stepped out in a time of waiting. They're like, we're waiting on a band. We were waiting on a, a further along to go in our church to see what God was going to do. And they said, while this time is here, use me. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. That's the right thing to do. That's what God says he wants you to do. There's a time of waiting in the Bible. These people were, were this. In Jeremiah 29, we find this. We find that God's people were taken into captivity and they were prisoners. Now, now just put yourself in their position right now. I'm going to tell you what they lost. Okay, you ready? And I'll see how your attitude is after you lose all these things imaginarily today. Ready? First of all, you're in captivity. You're a prisoner. You're a slave. You have no rights. You lost your house. You lost your job. You lost your family. Maybe you're separated from your family. Maybe you had a couple people with you of your family. They were separated from their culture. They were separated from their security. They had none of those. Tell me how many people would have a smile on your face this morning if you had all that gone. That's that's everything. It's your livelihood. It's the things that we like and the things that we want and the things that we love taken away. So these people are in a serious situation. All they could do was what? Wait. That's it. They had to wait. And they were waiting. Now, they probably liked waiting just about as much as you do. Anybody, anybody think that's, I mean, their spiritual gift is just, I can wait forever? Notice no hands, okay? <laughs> waiting is hard for us. And we think, man, God, I just want you to do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. And God all the time is saying, Matt, dadgummit. Will you listen to me? Sometimes God says, Dad, gum it to me. I don't know. Maybe whatever he says to you. He says, Matt, will you listen to me? But I'm tired of waiting. See, that's my attitude. I'm tired of waiting. I know that you know that I know what you're thinking. You ever try to have a conversation like that with God? Realize he's a creator of the universe and you're, you're, you're just null and void? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? Matt, do you not know that I know that you're waiting? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just tired of it. God, my attitude just changed. Now it's, God, I want to just tell me. If there's something I need to do while I wait, while I wait on employment, while, while I go through the morning phases of somebody dying that's really close to me. Say, God, I remember with my wife, I grabbed her hand. We were trying to process this whole miscarriage thing, and we lost our first baby. And I grabbed her hand, and I said, I want you to pray with me. And this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever prayed. And if you don't mean it, it's okay. We'll do it tomorrow until we do. And I said, God, if you want us to have kids, great. We'll wait. If you don't want us to have kids, great, fine. We're okay with adoption. That's great with us. And we'll wait for you to push us that way. And the very last thing that we prayed, I said, God, may both of us, as we wait, may we worship you with our life. That's the hardest prayer I've ever prayed. And if you've prayed something similar to that, you understand. God, I cannot get that thing that I think that I want 
Maybe you can't have that job. Maybe you can't have that family. Maybe you can't have that whatever. And God says, listen, I know you're hurting. I know. I love you. But while you wait, I want you to seek me because when you seek me, I can give you a plan. I can show you. I can transform you. But it's not until we make that point of saying, God, that's a scary prayer. Look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 1. We're going, to get a, we're going to get a lesson in names today. And I, some, of you, some of you are far more scholarly than I am. You just buzz right through these names. I'm going to tiptoe and hop through them, okay? Verse 1, Jeremiah. Got him. He's a prophet of God. Okay? Jeremiah is going to give words to people in the form of a letter, as we see, from God. So Jeremiah wrote a letter. From Jerusalem to the elders, priests, prophets, and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar had put everybody in bondage, everybody in captivity. He had put God's people in captivity. Look at verse 2. This was after King Jehoiakim, the queen mother, the court officials, and the other officials of Judah, and all the craftsmen and artisans had been deported from Jerusalem. Everybody was there. Everybody was there. Okay, look at verse 3. He sent the letter with Elisa, son of Shaphan, and see, People know, I don't. Gemariah and Hilkiah, when they went to Babylon to sink King Zedekiah's ambassadors to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, if you want to, like, some kind of challenge, <laughs> say it. And then come up here and say it in front of all you who know it better than me. Because I heard you were like, Zedekiah, Zedekiah, trying to help me. <laughs> I could sum up verses 1, 2, and 3. Ready? All of God's people are in captivity. Her, him, them, everybody's brothers, everybody's there. Hey, everybody's in captivity. Now watch this. Watch this. Now why, why first of all, why, does, why, why are all these names included? If you use names and you associate people with saying certain things or where certain people are certain places... You are giving complete assurance that what was written down is right. Because if it wasn't right, somebody would have came along and said, no, 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 we weren't there. We were in other, in other kings. Kept. We weren't in, in, in control by Nebuchadnezzar. See, the, this is true, okay? So it, it comes down to the last part of verse 3, and he says this. This is what Jeremiah's letter said. Jeremiah's a prophet, gets his words from God. Now he's going to tell the people. You ready? This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to the captives. He is exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Okay, first of all, who are the words from? Who's the letter from? Jeremiah. From who? God. To who? The people in captivity. So Jeremiah writes them and he says this. God says this to you. God says this to you. Look at your worship handout with me. Look at this. This is what he's getting ready to do. Look at, the next, look at the next blank. Look at this. God gives us instructions while we wait. See, if, if God just said, hey, I want you to do this, this, and this, and here's, there's no plan, just do it. That's not how God rolls. It's not. It's not. God says, I'm going to give you plans. I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to teach you. I want you to learn so you can understand what to do. So he gives Jeremiah... These words. 
God gives us instructions while we wait. No way, Matt. I've waited for too long. I cannot hear that voice anymore. You know what I heard? The instructions when me and my wife were going through that time in our life. Do you know what we heard? I want you to let me heal you because you're going to be able to use this testimony for the rest of your entire life. And I want to heal you. I don't know if I want to open that can up. I like keeping that. I like, it's the self-pity party, remember? It's okay to go to the pity party, just know when to leave. Thank you guys, you're awesome. God says, I want to heal you and I want to heal your wife. And I want you to be able, after I heal you, to speak into people that this has affected their life. And again, one of the other scariest prayers I've ever prayed was this. Okay. Okay. I cannot tell you. I cannot, I cannot tell you a number. I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you a number of times where God has put us in position of people that were going through the same exact thing. And they come into our life. And I know a lot of people that randomly or circumstantial. No, it was God. And Mary and I were allowed to speak into them. And I talked to the, the guys because it's, it's this. And, I talked to the, and Mary talks with the girls. But God gives us instructions. He says, while you wait, you encourage people. You tell them that I'm going to bring you through it. I'm going to bring them through it. It's hard. It's so hard. And I'm not standing in front of you say that I follow the instruction plan every time because I don't. Oh, he's a pastor. I'm human. I'm human. It is hard for me to wait. It's hard for me to wait. Look at verse 5. He says this. Now, this is the instructions. If you were an underliner, okay, if you you were a highlighter or an underliner, watch this. Watch this. In verse 5, he says, Jeremiah said, the letter from God says this. I want you to build homes. Underline build. Look at all these verbs. I want you to build homes. Underline plan. And plan to stay. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. We don't like that either. You know what staying means? You've got to wait longer. I want you to build homes. I want you to plan to stay. Look at, underline this. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to eat the, amen, eat food. Listen, build, plan, plant, eat. What is he doing? Eat the food that they produce. I'm not going to give you any spoilers at all, but if you watch the show alone, the season finale has already happened. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but... I've seen the ultimate desperation in a physical sense to look. The guy says, I'm so hungry. He's eating slugs. When's the last time you were hungry enough to eat slugs? I know some of you are now going, I am never watching that show in the history of this world. Listen, God says this. He was telling these people, while you're here, I want you to build homes. I want you to plan to stay. I want you to plant gardens. And I want you to eat the food. While you wait, well, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do the routine. Live life. Don't recluse. Don't go, oh, woe is me. Jeremiah was talking about something very important. It says the people were to do the routine things necessary to survive. Necessary, listen, they had to build homes. They need shelter, plan to stay. They had to plant gardens because they needed something to eat. He said, I'm gonna, you're going to stay. 
This is, this is tough. Can you imagine being one of the people in captivity? Wait a minute, time out. If I take the time to build a home, okay, they did not have prefab homes. Okay, this wasn't going to be a next day project. If God wants me to build a home, how long are we going to be here? Uh-oh. In our life, how, God, um, about that time thing. When, when are you going to get back to me? He says, I want you to do the routine. I want you to worship me with your life until it's time. You ever done something on your own time? How'd that work? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I know, I know that you have this, but I can do this ahead of your, I don't need your help. Oh, that's good. Because we don't want to wait, so we just do it on our own, and we all know that that works out fantastic. I want you to do the routine. To linger for the past or dwell upon what they didn't have would do one thing. It would do this. It would destroy their sense of purpose and meaning. If they continued to stay in the pity party, it would destroy their purpose and their meaning. No, 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 no. I won't be like that. Really? If you're waiting on God and you choose not to worship God with your life, you're going to turn edgy. I just, I just talked about this earlier. You're going to turn edgy, aren't you? You've been on Black Friday shopping. You've waited in those lines. Amen with Black Friday. We get, you, get, you get edgy. You know why? Because you're completely caffeinated out of your mind and you're shopping at 3 a.m. <laughs> Both of which are good, maybe not together. I don't know. I, I went Black Friday shopping a couple years ago and I got a really cool deal on a toaster, so it was good. This is what happens so often. We lose our sense of purpose and meaning. We do this. Instead of being, okay, God, you're in control. I'm going to live my life for you. We do this. I'm going to get bitter. I'm going to get angry. Every single train that comes by me, I'm going to just get mad. Every time I, don't, I come home and the house is not clean, I'm going to blow up at my mate. Every time I see the dishes in the dish, Oh, I hate dishes. Every time I see dishes in the dishwasher, I heard a guy this weekend say, you know, if you want to, if you want to show love to your wife, you go, you take your dish and you go over to the dishwasher and you open up and you go, oh, they're all clean. And he goes, so you just slide it in, and he started getting, no, no. He said, you put them away and put the dirty dish back in there. See, God says, I want you to prosper in this time. And we think, no, 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 no. It can be frustrating. Roots from the bottom of a corn plant grow different in different styles of ground. I used to live up north in Hudsonville and uh, Robinson. And on one side of, the, one side of uh, Route 1 is sandy because it goes down towards the, the Wabash River. On the left side, it's mostly hard good clay dirt soil. Corn was planted the exact same day. Tasseled out, huge, big. Both, both sides of the road is loaded with corn. Straight line winds came. On the left side, on the west side of Route 1... This beautiful, big, tall corn, maybe a little bit of movement, but they were still strong. It mowed the whole east side flat because it didn't have roots. If you don't have roots during a time of storm in your life, you will get blown over. And you understand that. Some of us have been there. But when we see these words that God says that he wants us to build homes and plant gardens and and act like we're going to stay, what does it do? It releases our control. It says, God, okay, I'll, be honor, I'll honor what you say, and I'll do this. You must do the routine. Make the most of the situation. Look at verse 6. 
If you're an underliner, again, there's going to be some words. Look at this. I want you to marry and have children. Whoa, okay. It might take us a week or a month to build a house. It was nine months to have a kid. How long are we going to be here? Can you imagine the people listening to Jeremiah? Are you sure that's what he told you? Marry and have children. Then, what's this? As if that was not long enough. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. What? What? Time out. We're talking 20 and 30 years now. He says multiply. Don't dwindle away. Whoa, 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 whoa. How many generations are we going to be? Are we ever going to see? Are we ever going to be out of here? See, it was an eternity in their mind. Like, I'm never going to get out of here. Look at this. Don't just do the routine. Make the most out of the situation. Like this. You can have that bad thing that's going on in your life. But God says this. Have a bad day. You can. Just trust me. Worship me while you wait. And we go throughout that day and we know at 4 o'clock our kid's going to have a birthday party. He says this. He said, when you go to the birthday party, don't frown. Enjoy things in this life. Enjoy them. But God, I'm not in a good mood. This is, this is too often the case with me. Just being honest. I'm not in a good mood. This is the last thing that I want to do. Got people coming over, got to clean the house. Smile. You got blessed another year with a child. Smile. Be happy. When these things come up in our life, we're supposed to be happy. Enjoy the food that you eat. I'm telling you, that guy, that guy on, on Alone last night, I'm not going to spoil it, they were all guys, that one said this, we take things so small, so small things so much for granted, like turning on the water and having clean water. Eating something, whatever. Enjoy fellowship at connect groups. Love your mate. All the time. Show your kids. Tell your kids. Tell your mate. Tell your friends. People think that I'm really, really weird sometimes. I have some guy friends that I went to college with. And we might as well be brothers. We're not, but we should be probably are somehow. And before I get off the phone with Richie Jester, do you know what I say? I love you, buddy. You know why? Because Richie's one of those guys that spoke into my life during a really, really bad time of waiting for me, and he's never left me. And he's not God, but he's never left me. You need anything? Because he's the guy that called me and said, man, I think my job's going to be terminated. You see how that reciprocates? I'm not, I've never been in the service, but what, from what I hear, if you have a service buddy in the military... And you have that connection. It doesn't ever go away. See, God is saying, I don't want you to dwindle away. I want you to enjoy your life. I want you to see the good things that I give you. He goes on in verse, and in verse 6. He says, it is during this time of waiting that we can list many reasons why do we, we do not want to stay involved. See, God's word says to make the most out of the situation. Look at this. During your problems, your child has a birthday. Make it the best birthday of their life. Well, man, I don't I can't spend that much money. I didn't say spend money. If your kid wants to have s'mores, 
Man, make Jesus s'mores. You know what Jesus s'mores are? Instead of Hershey's, use Reese's peanut butter cups. Booyah! Some of you will thank me later. During your problems, you should seek ways to honor God within your church activities. I come to church. It's easy to come to band practice, come to church. You know what I'm doing. If you're teaching a lesson or something, it's like, man, I just got so much going on, and I'm having just this, this thing, this thing, this thing. This is the last thing on my mind. And I grab a vacuum cleaner or I grab a leaf blower. I say, God, if somebody walks on this entrance coming in, I want them to see that there's no dirt on here. I want you to show them what a difference you've made in my life. I can't wait to vacuum this rug. I vacuum it this way. And I vacuum it this way. See, we have really cool vacuums. And I like my yard going like this and cool angles. Do you know that if you take the time, and this carpet's really good too. And you can do that rug and this carpet, you can make lines in them. It looks like a great big yard. Oh, it looks like Bush Stadium. And then the people get up here and track it up. See, it's that kind of stuff. God, I'm having such a bad day, but this is not about me. I want to worship you with my life until you answer my prayer. Look at number three on three on my notes. It says, during your problems, you should look for ways to show love to your mate. I talked to you last week. Some of you, some of you are just like, oh, well, you should kiss your mate in front of the church. No. I can if you want me to, but I'm not going to. I told you last week that two, two times a day, I'm going to kiss my wife for six seconds or more. We did it the other day, right in front, right in front of Emma. She's seven, so she's really... <gasps> And I kiss Mary, and you know, Mary kind of, she's kissing me, she like opens her eyes, and Emma's going. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I stopped kissing Mary, and I said, I love you so much. <laughs> and after Emma got done fake puking, <laughs> she goes, she goes you, guys, you guys love each other so much. And then she started walking back towards us, and she hugged us. See, I told you, I told you. That they can make those faces all they want. But they really enjoy knowing that you love each other and you're going to be there for them. And that we love her. See, in the midst of these difficult times, we're to make the most out of the situation. Or we'll miss, miss, we'll miss life. You'll miss, you'll miss out. You'll be at the pity party. You know, life, life goes on while you're at the pity party. You're just not involved in it. Because it's all inward. Oh, look at my life. I don't have this going on, and I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this because I'm just waiting on God. I wish God would hurry up. He said, while you're waiting on me, why don't you go encourage someone? That's the time that God speaks to me. When I'm low and I need to encourage, you know what God tells me? Go encourage somebody. Honor me with your life. Give everything you can. Look at verse 7. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Time out. Time out. These people are not happy. They said, time out. We have to build houses. We have to plant gardens. We have to plan on staying past the winter because the next spring we're going to plant. Then we're supposed to marry. We're supposed to have children. We're supposed to have grandchildren. We're going to have generations here. And now you tell us that we're supposed to make the city look better. We're supposed to have city cleanup day where we're in prison. This is not our fault. Why in the world are we waiting? It goes on. Pray to the Lord for it. For its welfare will determine your welfare. Jeremiah is reminding them two things in in the way of growth. He's telling them two different things. He says, I want you to grow numerically. They're going to multiply. And internally. While you wait, 
is one of the most important times you can ever be a follower of Jesus Christ. It will grow you beyond points that you have never seen before in your life. There are things that I see people in this church do with their spiritual life and their gifts that five years ago they would never do, but they have been in that time, and God has been able to build them, and now they show and they share. They give. You can ask them, say, are you having a great day? Not really. Then why are you doing this? This You're probably not in the mood for this. I'm just waiting. And they're worshiping while they wait. Oh, it's so hard. Look at your worship handout. God tells us this. God tells us that we should worship during the time of waiting. We are to keep seeking him, and while we wait, we can grow our faith. I know a man, personally, that in the midst of a life-changing situation, decided that he would not dwell on himself, but encourage other people. Going through the same thing that he was going through. Not go to the pity party. Realize that God had him there for a reason. He was going to encourage people while he was there. While he waited, he grew. He wasn't at the pity party. You don't grow when you're at the pity party. There's no free weights there. There's no weightlifting equipment at the pity party. Okay, It's a lot of couches, really dark, a lot of popcorn. You just sit there. Unhealthy. It's not healthy. Popcorn's okay. But this man chose to give. Look at, verse, look at verse 8 on the screen. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says. You know what I think he repeats this? Just making sure you know where this is coming from, people. You see, Jeremiah's reading this letter. He says, and you can probably see them getting upset that they have to build homes and they have to do gardens and they have to do this. So he goes, so this is what the Lord of heaven says. Do not... Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. You know what he's saying here? He's saying something that he's saying to us right now. Do not listen to anyone except me. I, God, can transform your life. I am here to help you to assist you, to grow you, to allow you to encourage other people and do it all to bring glory to myself. See, don't believe all that mumbo-jumbo. Oh, the, the, the fortune tellers are saying, well, we're going to get out next week. Listen, if you're going to get out next week, I'll tell you, and I wouldn't have surely told you to build a house. Listen to me. It's so easy to not do this. We can allow ourselves to be so self-centered in these times of waiting that we forget who we're supposed to listen to. We talked about that two weeks ago. We believe those lies when they get told to us and told to us, Matt, you're not good enough. 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 Until the point where I walk around and go, I'm just not good enough. Says who? I don't know, that person. You listen to me. God's, God's talking to me. Sometimes he has to get, I don't know about you, sometimes God has to use a megaphone. Okay, well, you just listen to me. You don't worry about that. You don't worry about where this is going. You don't worry, you don't worry, you don't worry. Matt, you've read my Bible. How many times do I say, do not worry? A lot. A lot. Then quit. Listen to me. I want to grow you. I want to teach you. 
Yes, this is a hard time, but I want to grow you in this. Somebody here, somebody today is hearing this and they're in a time of waiting right now and they're going, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just want to encourage you. I want to tell you this. Listen to God and that's it. Or a person that's of godly nature that can give you good godly advice. Listen to him. I don't know where to go to college. Listen to him. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Listen to him. A guy that I sat down with three or four years ago called me this week. He goes, I got a job. I said, do you remember sitting down with me and I told you these two paths? He said, yeah, yeah. That seems so small now. And I said, God's grown you. God has allowed you to flex your spiritual muscles on a little bit different plateau. I said, you keep listening to God where he takes you. And you're going to see things you never thought possible. Don't listen to anybody but him. Look at verse 10. This is what the Lord says again, again, again. Jeremiah said, who said it? God. The Lord says, you will be... If they haven't pushed mute yet, they are about to want to push mute. I don't want to hear this anymore. You can, you can just not go ahead and say that, Jeremiah. It's not like this letter's been great for us. But he says this. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. There is an amount of time that God understands that you're going to go through this. There is my length of time and my stuff maybe not match yours. Your length of stuff may not match mine. So that's that's the whole preface to this. Man, I have a, I have a ring at home. It's really cool, and I wear it sometimes. It has Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I love this verse. I do not necessarily care for the first ten. You know why? But they say, you have to wait wherever God places you and just wait on God's timing. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like that. I want this. Oh, yeah. I want the plans. And God says, for you to get the plans, I've got to teach you. But I want you to understand. See, God takes 10 verses through this letter. And he gets to the 11th verse and he says, for I know the plans. I have for you, says the Lord. If you listen to anyone else besides God, you're listening to the wrong person. I'm not talking about spiritual advice here, okay? If God speaks to you, he's never, I've never heard his audible voice, okay? I'm not going to get into that, but I've never heard him say, Matt, it sounded like he did sometimes because he talked to me so loud. He just, he just impacted my life so much on the inside. I'm like, wow, I thought I heard that. But for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. You know, we have members of connection that God is taking out of the contiguous 48 states. I don't know about you. That's exciting to me. He's taking them out of the continental 48 states. You know why? Because he has plans for them. I talked to that person that was going. I said, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to try to find a church like connection. And if I don't find one, I'm going to mentor people and then maybe we start one. At the grand age of 23. I don't know about you. This gets me excited. What does God have plans for you? Man, 
I couldn't have told you that God had plans for me to be here because I told God. If you ever want to hear God laugh, just tell him your plans. I said, God, I will do anything you want. I'll even go to India. I'll go to Antarctica because they have polar bears. And maybe I get to hunt one. And I'll do this. And I'll do this. And I'll do this. But I will not be a pastor. That worked. That worked. It says, for I know what the plans I have for you. You know what? God says in Psalms 37, 4, and if you come into my house, it's always, a trivia, it's always a trivia question. We just have fun with it. A friend of mine wrote Psalms 37, 4 in Hebrew, and I don't speak fluent Hebrew. Yeah, I just know there's dots and lines and squiggles, and I can look at a book that says what it says. But it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. For the longest time, I got the goody out of that verse and said, oh, sweet, I will say that you're my God. Now give me a Lamborghini. God says this, if you desire me with all of your being, all of your might, all of your heart, I can change your heart, by the way, biblically minded here, this is your heart, I can change your heart the where you want to do my will. Transformed. Different. I told my wife the other day, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't pastoring a church. That's not the way the conversation started 10 years ago. I'm not, I'll do anything you want me to do, but I will not be a pastor. That worked. <laughs> not really. <laughs> says, God says, for I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Some people get so caught up I don't know what God wants from me. God has a plan for you. We are raising, I, I'm going to keep this word and I'm going to use this word for the rest of my time probably at Connection. We are training babies and kids in Kids Rock. Okay, you ready? I love this terminology. I heard it this weekend and I'm just in, oh, just amazed. You know what we're raising back there? You know what we're teaching? Jesus-loving world changers. Not just Mount Vernon changers. World changers. World changers. Oh yeah, I've been to world changers. No, 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 no. Individual. Individuals being taught the love and the word of God. That when they grow up, I can't wait to see where they're at in 10 years. You better, really, you better do a really good job vacuuming that carpet because there's a, there's a six-year-old back there that all they know is serve and they can vacuum that carpet better than you. All they know is serve. These, these world changers are here. And God, I, I would love to be able to see in the future what kind of plans do you have for these kids. But while we wait, we do this. When there's not an answer for that health difficulty in your life and you have to wait. Your loved one is dead and you're alone. You thought that relationship would last, but it didn't. You can't seem to find employment. Your future looks so uncertain. I have no hope. Nothing makes sense. I can't do anything right. God, are you listening? Do you even hear me? I have been there. If you're there, I have been there. And we read this thing. God, he says he has plans for him, but it looks like you're late. God is never late, and he's never early. He's always on time. And I know that seems very cliche for you to hear, because you've heard it 78 times before. But I'm telling you, if you've experienced God is never early, He is never late, He is always on time. Always. Always. So what do you do? 
when all you can do is wait. You keep doing the routine. God, I'm going to honor you with my life. You make the most of the situations that you're in. I love this food. It is the best. I had little sandwiches yesterday. They're about this big. It's a good snack. I said, these are so good. You know why they were so good? The first time I ate food was like 2 p.m. These are so good. And I enjoyed it very slowly. I'm like, ooh, these are good. You may, you may get a little weird look if you're at Wendy's and say, this fry is so good. Do it internally, not, maybe not externally, okay? Let me cause a little... Make the most of the situation. Grow, grow, grow in the midst of the circumstances because this. God is two things. He is faithful and he is dependable. He has those plans for you. Don't miss seeing what he has for you. Look at the last, look at the last blank on your worship handout. It says this. God is faithful and dependable. Do not miss seeing what he has for you during your time of waiting. Because this is the hard part for us. If you lift weights, if you're into fitness, everybody has a goal of the way that they want to look. It's a goal. If you've watched anything on Arnold Schwarzenegger, in his early career, as, when he competed in Mr. Olympia, won it eight times, I think. Just this massive, huge dude. Do you know what happens before they compete? Number one, they haven't had water in almost two days, so they completely dehydrate their body so all their muscles will pop. And they work out right before they get on stage so that everything's huge. But there are videos of him working out so hard in the gym that he physically gets sick. Now, it's, now, I'm not saying that you need to get sick, but here's the thing. When we're in the gym, we're in the spiritual gym, and we're during that time of waiting, that's when God says, I am building your muscles to get here because of my plans for you. You're special. You're special, all of you. I don't care who you are, where you're from. You're special. Nobody said that since I was a kid. Good. You are special. God has plans for you. And I know that there are certain people in this room that are waiting. I just want to encourage you today that God is good. He is faithful and he is dependable. Do we have the, have the touch someone's life gift?